three, two, one. It's my special pleasure today to be welcoming a longtime friend whom I've known for probably about seven years and who is inspirational in so many aspects of life. But uh, the first aspect that we're going to talk about in our first question is his incredible weight loss and some tips that he's going to provide for you. He's my good friend and author of the book Rise and Hustle, Mr. Mike Whitfield. Welcome, Mike. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you know, I'm just starting to do podcasts with guests and I'm really loving it and I am so thrilled and honored that you are my, I think my second guest uh, on the podcast. So super happy to have you. And as you know, you know, I, my audience is mostly women, but many women uh, will resonate with your story and every, not every woman, most women have, you know, some male in their life, whether it's a son, father, brother, uncle. And so what, you know, any tips that you can provide us are going to help women and the men in their lives. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about your backstory because you've lost an incredible 115 pounds. I want you to tell us a little bit about that and how you've managed to, to kind of keep it off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it actually, it started in December of 2002. And ironically enough, I've, I've told this story before, but it's, it's just funny to reflect back on it. But I was, I was playing a video game and I was playing football and I threw an interception and I got so upset that I threw down the controller. And of course, I realized, okay, I got to bend down and pick this up. And so when I bent down to pick the controller up, I realized, A, I couldn't see my feet. B, I was breathing heavily. And C, I was sweating. And I'm just like, my gosh, you know, what am I doing? And so that was kind of like my epiphany moment and realized that I had to do something. And so 2003, the, the New Year bandwagon, kind of, you know, what I, I always like to say, the New Year's bandwagon, uh, that's when I started my journey. And long story short, I lost 75 pounds in six months, and then since then lost 40 pounds, uh, which I think it was about a year, year and a half uh, from that point I was able to do that. But more importantly, I've been able to keep it off now for, you know, that was back, let's see, it was back in 2003, so now we're looking at about 15 years of keeping wow. it off. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's just, that's the bigger accomplishment, because I don't have the best genes, I certainly don't have the best metabolism, but that's pretty much my story in a nutshell of why I gotten into the fitness industry. And, and of course, I'm wanting to pass my passion to others and, and help others do the same. Yeah. And I mean, and that, and, and your passion, you know, it's palatable. Like I can feel it, uh, you know, your, your need and willingness to help others improve the quality of their life. Because I know from knowing you for this length of time, uh, you know, how your life has changed in terms of not just in terms of weight loss because weight loss is just the tip of the domino like there's just so many other things that have have changed and you're able to serve the world in a in a bigger better purpose uh, because of that so you know kudos to you and you know it, it, like I said you're just an inspiration um, to you know to to know that that it can be done and it doesn't have to be this back and forth of weight loss and weight gain so um, I know that you have something that you called a habit rollover. And it's, I think it's one of your hacks for losing weight, maybe something you use, something that you share with your clients. Can you share a little bit about what this habit rollover method is? How, you know, what is it and how does it work? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's actually one of the, I would say the cornerstone of, of how I coach. But a habit rollover method is basically, uh, when it comes down to a habit, a habit falls into one of three categories every single time. There's no question about it. So a habit is something that you either need to implement, change, or completely remove. And so I want to give an example of each. So uh, a, a habit that you would need to implement, a good example of that would be, let's say you need to drink more water. Like if somebody knows they need to drink more water, that is something that they need to implement into their lifestyle because that's going to have an immediate impact on their health. You know, everything from their, their skin to hydration to breaking down fat, digesting foods easier and things like that. And then, of course, you got the second one, you know, a, a habit that you need to adjust or change. Let's say somebody has a bowl of Frosted Flakes every night before they go to bed. Now, obviously, that's going to make a negative impact on their journey. But is it because, is it Frosted Flakes or is it because they're eating at night? Well, of course, eating at night, although the, some of the experts say it's an absolute sin, you could still lose weight and eat at night. But we would need to change that from a bowl of Frosted Flakes to perhaps, you know, mixed, you know a small handful of mixed nuts or Greek yogurt, or maybe some fruit, or there's just a number of healthier options. So that's a habit that we would need to adjust. And of course, there's always the habit that you need to remove. Um, a good example of that would be smoking. You know, that would be a habit that we would absolutely need to remove from our life. So now that we've established, you know, the three categories that a habit falls in, what you want to do is you want to think of four habits, the top four habits that come to mind immediately, because that's really, that's your subconscious talking to you and write down the four habits that you know are impacting your health. So let's say just a couple of examples again, you don't drink enough water or I don't exercise at all or I'm very inconsistent with exercise or I tend to overeat at buffets. You know, it's just a number of habits. So write down the first four habits that come to mind. Now what you do is now that you've written those down, what you wanna do is you wanna rank them from easiest to hardest. So let's say the easiest one would be to drink more water. And then let's say you, you know, you just cannot find a consistent exercise schedule. You're just so tight on time. So that would be number four. So you, now you could see that you have them number one to four, easiest to hardest. So for the next seven days, you're going to work on that one habit, that very first habit, the easiest habit. Nice. You've okay. Because everything else, it sounds crazy, but everything else remains the same. So if you're eating a bowl of cereal at night, by all means, continue to eat that bowl of cereal. Right. Okay? Everything else remains the same. Your job is to absolutely master and control that first habit. And so let's say it only takes a week. Great. So you went seven days straight where you drank 60 ounces of water. Okay, now we're going to take that momentum and put it into week two. So you're going to continue with that water habit. And now you're going to attack habit number two. Nice. Now, each habit, it may take more than a week. It may two, make two weeks, three weeks, or even more. But the idea is to master these habits so that weight loss actually becomes almost automatic because yeah. you've implemented these habits instead of going on a specific diet or, or you know, specific exercise program. And what's so great about this is that it's so customizable. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's very customized. I mean, it, there's, there's no like, you know, everybody's different. Some people struggle with exercise. Some people struggle with nutrition. So that's why this habit rollover is just love so it. powerful. I really love that. I call that kind of the one uh, choose your change challenge. 
And it's very similar in that you just find the thing that you need to know to change because you can't like quit smoking, you know, drop sugar, go on a diet, start exercising, doing everything on day one, which is the mistake most people make. Mm -hmm. So this habit rollover method, it's a slower, uh, you know, means to change, but it's lasting change and you never feel deprived because you're only changing one thing. Right. Absolutely. I love it. Cool. Yeah, I really love that. So, um, but what about willpower? Like most, most people struggle with, with willpower. Like how do you overcome that? Like how do you, how do you have the will to make that, that habit change? And I think that's where a lot of us make a mistake because really when it comes down to losing weight, it doesn't come down to willpower. Willpower is to be blunt is just really overrated. Um, it's more powerful to change your environment than it is your willpower because, uh, you know, studies have shown we make hundreds, if not thousands of decisions every single day. So, yeah. you know, before 10 o'clock in the morning, it's a lot easier to say no. I mean, if, if you go to the office and it's 9am and you just got done with your workout and you walk by the office break room and you see, you know, muffins, you'd be like, you know what? I'm going to skip it. No, no problem. I can, I could do this. But then if you go by that break room at say four o'clock in the afternoon, oh, yeah. when you're tired and you're stressed out, you're going to fold more than likely and go in because you, that willpower consistently just chips away at your energy. And so what I like to do is, is instead of relying on willpower is to rely on your environment. And nice. I'll give the example of my wife. Uh, it, it has, sometimes you have to have a difficult conversation. So my wife would buy these animal crackers. She would go to like Costco and get this big, huge thing of animal crackers. And it would be for my son's preschool and, uh, you know, for their snack. Cause she was in charge of snack, I think like once a month or something like that. And so whatever wasn't eaten at the school, you know, Deacon was, you know, he was taking them home and once Guess a what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, Hey, I'm a kid too. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, every once in a while we'd give, you know, as a treat, we'd give the boys, you know, two or three animal crackers, no big deal. But me, I mean, I work from home. There's a lot of times when I'm home alone working and I go down to that kitchen, there's nobody there to see me, nobody there to, to call me out on it. So I would get those animal crackers out and I would think that, you know what, I'll have three to five. Next thing you know, I'm eating 20 to 30 of them. Yeah, it escalates from there. Next thing you know, I'm putting them in a huge bowl and pouring milk over and I'm having a bowl of animal cracker. <laughs> it just gets out of control. Yeah, <laughs> so finally, I just, I went to Sabrina and said, look, this is, this is the difficulty I'm having. I am really challenged by these animal crackers. Having them in the house, it's draining my willpower and I know it's zapping my energy. I'm not able to, to be the dad that I was meant to be at the end of the day because I'm so zapped from saying no to the animal crackers. Can you hide what's left of them and then from this point on get something else for a snack? And she was like, well, sure, of course. Because more than likely, if, especially in the, if they're in your household, they're going to support you. And so it's really just a matter of having that difficult conversation and just going up to them and saying, hey, look, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. And this is in my, in my environment. And it's like, it's draining my willpower. So yeah. can, you know, can we do something about that? So it, just the little things, like I had one client that, uh, that would always drive by a Chinese restaurant on his way home from work. And so I told him, stop going by that Chinese restaurant. I know it's going to take the longer route. I know it's going to take, you know, an extra 10 minutes to get home, but I want you to go a different way on the way home. So you're not tempted. So that way you're not relying on your willpower. You're instead 
relying on your environment. And so that's, I love that's what that. I say about willpower. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Just setting up your environment and then getting the support for the people around you. And I think, I think that was really big of you, Mike, to ask for support over the animal crackers, because in some ways it's like, oh, this is ridiculous. It's just animal crackers. But it was such a little thing for, for Sabrina to say, yeah, no more animal crackers. But it was such a big thing for you. So when we ask for help, people are more than willing to give it to us. Definitely. So, sure. yeah, so I think that's, I think that's really great. Um, what I really have enjoyed uh, about our relationship, Mike, is that we met uh, kind of in business coaching and learning how to help people online. And at that time, you were doing workout finishers and you were really focused on fitness. And you, while you still are, what I like about what you've done is that you've taken more of a holistic approach and you're talking more about personal growth, not just health and fitness growth. So um, why do you feel that, you know, personal growth is important for your health? I, I, I really, I would say the biggest thing is, is our perception. Um, when, when we change our perception and we continue to persevere, no matter whether we're trying to lose weight or growing a business or starting a business, as a matter of fact, I had a lot of people asking me, you know, how in the world do you balance you know, being, you know, you wrote a book, you balance an online business, you're a dad to, you know, to two boys, you're, you're married, you, uh, you know, you teach Sunday school once a month at your church. You know, how do you do all that and still not get stressed out? And so, get your workout in. Yeah, exactly. And get your workout in. Exactly. And as a matter of fact, on top of that, I, I play basketball three days a week too. Right. That's something I'm not willing to give up because I love it so much. But, um, you know, people were wondering, you know, how I was able to do that. <laughs> And so I started to share, you know, basically my own methods for, you know, being productive, things that I learned from, of course, you have learned too from, from Craig Ballantyne and other mentors in our lives that have allowed us to, to you know, ex exponentially grow uh, personally. And it's, you know, just these little things, personal growth can make such a big impact in all areas of your life. I mean, when, when you just read, you know, a book that talks about habits or a book that talks about reflection or anything, any of those things, it makes an impact in other areas of your life. It helps you be a better parent, better, yeah. you know, better spouse, all those kinds of things. And so I really wanted to, what I wanted to do is, is kind of take the nuggets that I learned and I put that in, in, into my book, Rise and Hustle, and just allow people to take these nuggets. And it's basically these actionable steps that they can digest really quickly and apply them. Um, you know, for instance, like a, a morning routine, I, I think everybody should have a consistent morning routine. Now, unfortunately there's, you know, there's a buzzword with morning routines and people are talking about how their morning routine is like, you know, three to four hours long. Well, we <laughs> don't have that kind of time. Right. <laughs> and so I think it's really important to have a, a morning routine that you could do just like in 15 minutes. It's something set in stone, something that you always do before you start your day. Because I always like to do, as a matter of fact, I think you saw me talk about this, uh, the oil change analogy. I talked about this at the TT Summit last yep. year. And basically with our cars, you know, to get from point A to point B, sometimes you have to go up a hill and you have to work your engine in your car so much harder to get up that hill to get yourself to point B. And so in order to maintain that and and to continue to put that kind of hard work into your car, we have to give it an oil change. Well, it's really important that we're doing that for our minds as well. And yeah. by giving ourselves like a daily morning oil change, 
it allows us to take on, you know, those hills in life. You know, there's, I mean, let's face it, you know, our, our business, you know, between business and our weight and relationships, there's just so many roadblocks and obstacles that can pop up out of nowhere. We have to be resilient enough to handle those. And so that's why I think a morning routine is, is just so important. And, and, you know, so personal growth is so important as well. So I want to share my morning routine and it's just, the first thing I do is I read the first of the day. Well I, well, I pray first, and then I look at the verse of the day, and then I do a devotion, and then I write in my gratitude journal. And this, I would say one of the biggest things I've ever done is having a, a gratitude journal. Yeah. Just writing one thing that you're thankful for that happened the previous day. And it's just like, wow, it's, it's, it's just amazing how you think you had a bad day, but then when you really dig deep and look at something that you're thankful for, you start to reflect and realize, you know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. Just start, you find yourself with a, a, an attitude of gratitude. And so that's why I want to share why it's just so important to take that time in the morning for personal growth. And it just, it makes an impact in all areas of your life. Yeah, I agree. And it's, you know, whenever anybody is having a hard time or, a, a, you know, when I've gone through rough times, my, you know, secret or magic bullet is gratitude because it could always be worse. And whenever we have that attitude of gratitude, it's hard to have a bad day. Yes, there are good days and there are great days. But I would say that like I, the Alan Cosgrove, I can't have a bad day rule. I, I apply. And I think that that's probably something that, that you apply that only good and great days. And, you know, starting the day off with gratitude and just that quiet time to kind of set your mind right carries you through the whole day. And then when those, those hills come up, you can just face them. Whether it's the, whether it's the temptation in the coffee break room or, you know, an argument with your spouse or something at work, you can just handle it as your best self more effectively mm. when you give yourself that time to have the oil change, to, to reset your mind. Because otherwise like the world can just take off. Like it's, it's a, you know, a sad day, I think, when people just wake up and start going to their Facebook feed right away, like, because, you know, that's, that's a false reality. So like, let's just ground ourselves in what is real and what, what we have in our lives rather than, you know, what somebody, that's another story for another day. But do you know what I mean? Sure. Um, that's a powerful phrase right there is, is grounding ourselves. That's, that's something to, re to remember for sure right there. Yeah. So, all right, let's switch gears a bit because I want to get back to uh, the whole weight loss. And, you know, there's a lot of buzz about intermittent fasting. And, um, you know, for those of uh, listeners that are kind of unsure about that, that's just taking time, you know, specific time to have an eating window throughout the day. And that can be a various time lengths. You know, what is your take on intermittent fasting, and particularly for women? I think it's a, a very powerful approach. Um, and I think once we, we grasp the meaning of it, it's, it, it's a complete game changer because a lot of people look at it as intermittent fasting. Oh, I'm not allowed to eat. But instead, if, if we were to look at it, like Brad Pilon said, like this is the one thing that he said that has really resonated with me is intermittent fasting is just taking a break from food. That's really, that's all it is. You're just taking a break from food. And I think what the problem is with intermittent fasting is so many times we start gung ho, just like any other diet or any other exercise program, we go at it hard. So there's really, there's the two most popular ways 
of fasting is you have the 24 hour fast, which you do one to two days a week. So you still get to eat every day. So for instance, if you were to uh, eat dinner Monday night at six, you get to eat again Tuesday night at six. So you basically take a break between Monday night and Tuesday night. So that's the 24 hour approach. And then there's the daily 816 approach, which is basically an eight hour window of eating followed by 16 hours of not eating. Now, I actually do a blend of both because th this is what's helped me keep the weight off. It's, it's certainly not a fit for everyone. Um, I know a lot of people like to say intermittent fasting is for everyone, but quite frankly, and to just be honest, it's not. It, you know, yeah. People just aren't wired to, to handle it well. My wife being one of them, she's, she's I actually I take that back. She's a daily faster, but it's more like 14 hours instead of 16 hours. That's, right. that's a sweet spot. But everybody's wired differently. But uh, going back to, you know, that's what's worked for me. Um, the reason it works for me is because, you know, Saturday, I typically do like a 22 to a 24 hour fast along with my daily 16, eight fast. Hmm. And I do that is because Sunday it's, it's pancake Sunday. And I don't want to give that up. <laughs> we go to, right. we come home and I have my five pancakes with a questionable amount of syrup. <laughs> oh, I know <laughs> the answer to that. <laughs> but you deserve it. <laughs> right. And so, you know, that's what works for me. That's, I've been able to keep my weight off. And because of the basketball that I play and the strength training and the fasting, I can actually get away with that. And so that's, that's what's helped me. So what I like to do is, is share uh, a kind of a different, a different way to approach intermittent fasting so that it's not overwhelming. Because when you first start fasting, especially a 24 hour fast, it is very overwhelming. I mean, for somebody to go from breakfast, lunch, and dinner to skipping breakfast and lunch and only having dinner, that's a, that's a tall order. That's, a, that's yeah. a lot to deal with. So let's start with a 24 hour fast. So let's say you might be interested in trying that and you want to go two days a week, 24 hour fast. Well, the first week, let's, let's just kind of experiment and see how our bodies feel. So the first week, we're just going to do one 24-hour fast. And instead of being 24 hours, let's experiment with a 20-hour fast. Hmm. So for instance, you know, you eat Monday night at 6. That means you get to eat again at 2 o'clock the following day on Tuesday. Right. And so that's, you know, and you want to do that for the first week. And then the next week, see if you can bump it up to 22 hours. And right. the next week, bump it up to 24. Then once you've got that handled, then you can add in a second day but then same, you know, following that same protocol, you know, 20, 22, 24. And that's nice. kind of an easy way to kind of ease into fasting to see if it's right for you. Now, the, the problem, though, a lot of times with fasting is our, our tendency to binge when we come off of a fast. In other words, well, I've been fasting all day. So now I'm going to go to you know, McDonald's and get a supersized meal and I'm, I'm going to lose weight. Unfortunately, it's not how it works. Right. So I do suggest breaking your fast the same way every time. So for instance, let's say you're doing a, a 20, you know, a 20 hour fast instead of a, a 24 hour fast. So Monday night you eat at six, two o'clock on Tuesday, it's time to eat again. I suggest doing the same thing every time. So it, that could be a protein shake with, you know, a small handful of, of uh, you know, mixed nuts or it could maybe, you know, Greek yogurt. Uh, something like that, but you want to do the same thing every time. Right. What that's going to do is that's going to tell your body, okay, my fast is over. I'm going to enjoy this. And I know that I get to have some more food a couple hours from now. No big deal. Right. And so that you're, the binging. 
Yeah, so your body's not thinking, oh, I'm in starvation mode. Let's store all this. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, Mike, you know, we just kind of jumped into intermittent fasting, but maybe you could just explain the big benefit. Why would anybody want to fast? uh, For me, the biggest thing that I noticed just from personal experience is giving my digestive system a break. You know, it's just like, ah, you just feel better. Yeah. And especially over time, after you do it like two to three weeks, you're going to, you know, at least for me and for several of my coaching clients, they started to experience more energy because now they're taking the energy that they would have taken to digest food. Now they're able to pour that into, you know, into their work or into their focus or even into the workouts. Like me personally, I have a much better workout when I don't have food in my stomach. I do much better. And of yeah. course, everybody's different, but that's, you know, that's one of the benefits. And there's also too, there's uh, you know, it releases a growth hormone, which, you know, when women hear that, they're like, ah, it's actually a hormone that helps you burn fat. Yeah. So there's a benefit to that. So, yeah. you know, your body just learns to, okay, I don't have any food in me. So I'm going to, I'm going to use stored fat as a way to burn, you know, burn for fuel. Yeah. So just an easy way to, and of course the, the, um, no, you know, no fluff answer is, it's just one of the easiest ways ever to cut back on your calories. Like even just daily fasting, it's just a matter of skipping breakfast. So it's just, you know, everybody's different, but you're looking at an easy way to cut back three to 500 calories with the snap of a finger just by simply skipping breakfast. Um, Yeah, I I think that I think that's going to work when we're intentional with our lunch and dinner and have kind of some forethought to it. You know, and and when you're doing that 24 hour fast, it's not like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to stuff everything I see in sight before 6 p.m. because I can't eat till tomorrow till 6 p.m. I know your Monday 6 p.m. meal or whatever the day that you're fasting just a regular meal and this becomes part of your regular schedule it's not like a feast or famine like oh my gosh i have to eat everything in sight now i can't eat anything we have to get out of that mindset absolutely definitely yeah and i think the big thing too is that um you know you keep coming back to is the best diet is the one you can stick to so this is one that works for you and for lots of your clients but everybody has to, you know, listen to their own body and find out what's right for them. Sure. Absolutely. There's, there's science that backs up, you know, a lot of different methods. But if it's something that, you know, like you say, Sabrina's not a great 24-hour faster, but she's found that 14-hour window of fasting works for her. So we have to trust our own bodies because we know ourselves best. So I really appreciate you sharing what's working for you. It gives people an idea to springboard and start from. And then the whole idea of easing into it, you know, makes it livable. So I appreciate just, you know, the strategies on that. So now I want to wrap up with a little bit about uh, your book. Uh, I loved it. Uh, Like you were saying, I didn't want to interrupt you, but they are really just short nuggets that you can think about that start your day. They're digestible. They're doable. They put you in the right mindset. So I loved it. Um, So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about where my people can find your book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They can get a copy of the book at riseandhustlebook.com. And uh, right now there's a free plus shipping offer. So they can definitely check that out. And then uh, I also run the Rise and Hustle Club, which is on Facebook. Uh, they can get to that, which is riseandhustleclub.com. 
and that will actually forward them to the private Facebook group where I share personal growth, uh, devotions, and uh, health, health stuff all in one form. So it's, it's really cool atmosphere there. I think you forgot about the comedy though, Mike. Yeah, and there is there's a little bit of comedy, absolutely. The dad <laughs> jokes has been my yeah, favorite. <laughs> yeah, we were we were kind of serious on this on this podcast, but the the yeah, you gotta get to know Mike and get to that Facebook page because there's a lot of comedy with when Mike's in the room. So Mike, <laughs> I really appreciate uh, your time for this podcast and for sharing you know, the, the stuff that you have, I, I think it's great actionable steps that I, I know that my listeners are going to benefit from. I'll have a link, link in the show notes. And so just thank you for being here. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. And uh, that wraps up this show.